The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. What books have had an impact on your life? Hey listeners, welcome to In the Arena. I'm Jackie Goldberg. And I'm Leah Smart. And we're both big readers, so we thought today we'd just spend some time reflecting on some of the books that have had a big impact on us. Um, And the hope is that you all hear some nuggets that you probably needed to hear today around how we were inspired by our books, but also maybe that you're inspired to start reflecting. Um, I find a lot of times I'm reading books and back-to-back with them, and I don't actually sit down and say, what just happened here and what can I digest versus consume? So true. And that's why being part of a book club is actually beneficial because you take the time to really digest what you've read and then reflect and communicate with others and share those learnings. Because both of the books that I've chose, actually, we read at work as part of a book club. So super excited to to share that with our listeners today. I'm curious, Leah, what role did reading play in your life growing up? So I have been reading, I've been a really intense reader since I was a, a young kid and I was I was thinking about this story I actually called my mom to get details on this but in first grade there was a big reading contest and the contest was how many books can you read in the full calendar year or full school year so truly nine months and it was me and this other girl that were competing for first place I had finished the year with 147 books read and you had to turn in a slip for each book that you read and so I unofficially won and before they made the announcement the other mom of the other girl found out I had won and she went home and magically found four or five more slips so that the other girl ended up winning and so it was hilarious I called my mom to re-ask her the story and I was like she's getting pissed off (laughs) she's still upset about it years later (laughs) exactly what about you yeah reading played such a big role in my childhood my parents were both big readers and I read before before bed every single night for as long as I can remember. We used to have reading hour in my family. My, my parents say, okay, we're all going to read now. And we literally would all <laughs> lay on the bed and read. When I was probably around seven years old, if you asked me what I wanted to do with my life, I wanted to be a librarian. I actually put these like little manila folders at the back of all of my books and index cards with a stamp. And I would make my family check in and out of the books. And I would line them up by year that they were published. And I would create an ISBN number. So I was a big reader. But I will say, you know, reading is something that I love to do. And I also have to make the time for it today. Thank Thankfully for Audible, you know, which I'm a member of, I I listen to a lot of books today and I do try and and read as much as possible. Yeah, it's definitely much more intentional today than it was. Also, can we just pause on the fact that you even know what an ISBN number is? Listen, if you want to be a librarian, you need to know the details. The details, yep. Maybe in your next life or retired life. Cool. So we're going to just dive straight into two of our books that we each chose. And Jackie, I know you've got two that came from book club. So I'd love to just hear like... 
you know, for your two books, what are they? How did they get to you? Just tell us. Yeah. So the two books that I chose for today's episode to talk about, because as we know, there are a ton of books that we can talk about in terms of what we've learned from them, are Option B by Sheryl Sandberg, and then Bring Your Whole Self to Work by Mike Robbins. And interestingly, when I was reflecting on this, both of those books I read at a very pivotal time in my life. It was the middle of 2017. Option B was actually the first book that we read as part of a book club that I started at LinkedIn, a professional book club. The reason that book came to me was I was in bed one night. I had recently separated from my husband and I was in a rental for a few months, kind of figuring out what my next steps were. And I was watching Sheryl Sandberg be interviewed on, I believe it was CBS. Uh, And it was, she was being interviewed on this book, Option B, that she had just written. Her husband, David, or Dave had passed away a few years prior. And so she wrote this book to share how she really faced the adversity, how she dealt with it, and how to be resilient during times of challenges in our lives, really using the death of David, which was, you know, he had a heart attack. They were on vacation. It was really out of nowhere. They have two young boys, like just, you know, something that just like hits you in the middle of the night. Like, you know, it it came out of nowhere. So she wrote this book about how to find joy at the end of it. And, you know, I was going through a difficult time in my life. And so I was, you know, and I had read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg and I loved that book. And I, I really admire her just as a female leader. And so right away, I grabbed the book. I read the sample on my Kindle and I said, okay, I'm going to start a book club at LinkedIn. And this is the first book that we're reading. The other book that I chose, and I'll get more into it, but was Bring Your Whole Self to Work. And and similarly, this book came to me because of a mentor here at LinkedIn. I had, you know, shared some of my transformation story at LinkedIn with a big group of people, about 500 or so salespeople. And he was really the, the person that helped me navigate that story and made sure that I was able to communicate it in a very thoughtful way. His coach had actually recommended Bring Your Whole Self to Work to him. And he had recommended to me because of my past passion around being vulnerable, which came out from telling that story to these salespeople. I had said no. And after the delivering this speech, I got such an overwhelming positive response from people who were inspired by my message, inspired by my transformation. And it was the vulnerability piece that really made that land in the way for those people. And that's when I felt so passionate about being vulnerable in the workplace and bringing your true self to work and all of that. So he recommended this book. And I will say it really has helped my career trajectory because a lot of the work that I'm passionate about and do at LinkedIn is around bringing your whole self to work. Awesome. And I I haven't read Option B, but I've watched a series, video series with Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant and talking about how you can relate to people who've gone through loss or going through pain. While, while at work, which I think is incredibly important that we not separate those two. And you mentioned, you know, her whole theme being around finding joy. And I just wanted to ask you, like, where did you find joy while you were going through this hard thing? How did it help you find joy? That's a great question. I think it's a lot about mindset and having the mindset to know that we are stronger than we think and that we can get through anything. And it's all about the inner work. And once you allow yourself to 
believe that and and run with it, you're able to find joy and and find gratitude in the things around you, even the hardships, right? I think another piece is knowing that you're not alone, right? Someone right now is having a heart attack and someone's husband is passing away in this moment, in this world. And so really being able to connect that you are not alone and, and just recognizing that the best way to get through it is to be resilient and that the end will be joy if you allow yourself to to do that. You know, option B was a great for the workplace because as you said, you know, Cheryl working at Facebook, people were very uncomfortable to talk about what happened. And people, rather than being forward and saying, how are you? How are you doing? People just wouldn't ask. And it really surprised her because it wasn't is she she was okay to speak about it because it was what was going on for her in her life at that moment. I remember that one of my biggest takeaways was just that. My aunt had passed away very similar time frame of when I read this book and the first time I had seen my cousin afterwards I you know, was in his apartment and I had seen something that reminded me of of his mom, my aunt, and I wanted so badly to say something, but I felt awkward bringing it up out of nowhere. And all of a sudden I remembered option B and Cheryl's words and was like, no, I should be asking it. So I brought up, I said, your your mom would have loved this piece of art because it reminded me. He goes, oh my God, I know. And we went to a whole conversation about my aunt and his mother. And I felt so relaxed in that moment and said, wow, this this really makes a difference when you are vulnerable enough and to ask someone how they're doing rather than, than not asking at all. And I will say with my father, you know, recently passing away in the past year, his anniversary anniversary was very recently in January. And um, someone at work literally came up to me and said, I know this is about the time of year your father passed away. How are you doing? And I said, thank you so much for asking. You know, we're doing OK. We're, we're getting through it. And she said, I don't think I would have ever asked if I didn't read option B. And she literally said that. And I said, wow, this this really this book has had an impact on people. Yeah. Holy. Wow. That's beautiful. Brene Brown calls it sliding door moments, right, where you have those moments where you, you know, someone walks by you in the hallway and they can either choose that moment to be vulnerable, to be awkward, to build trust with you or to kind of keep going and pretend nothing's going on. So it's it is such a vulnerable and courageous thing to do. But I'm hearing even, you know, listeners can't see you, but I can see you. I can see the passion and like and the impact that it's had. And I'm curious for you, you know, I, I I hear a lot of this in what you've said, but why did you choose to have this be your book for today? I think that, you know, Cheryl says it's long believed that people need to feel supported and understood at work. I think we know that very much when we're in our personal lives. And sometimes we do put up this barrier when we come into the workplace about talking about what's going on for us. And I think this book really shows that not even, you know, in the face of tragedy, but in general, daily things that are going on in people's lives, it's okay to ask, how are you? And really be with someone while you're at work. And so option B is relevant because we talk about all these topics on this podcast that are about who we are at our best selves, our truest selves. And that is at work and at home, right? And so kind of blending of the two. She also just has some really good takeaways. You know, she she really talks a lot about resilience not being fixed. It's more about asking, how could I become more resilient? How can I find joy in this? She also talks about, you know, we, we know there's post-traumatic growth, right? Something traumatic can happen to us and we can grow from that because we've just like seen the worst. But what about pre-traumatic growth, right? Something around, you don't have to experience a tragedy to build your resilience for 
whatever lies ahead. You can really take that step to be resilient before something even happens. So the example she gave um, is that one of her friends started writing letters to her different friends on their birthdays, letting them know how much that their her friendship means to them, means to her. And some of her friends started following that lead. And this shows pre-traumatic growth, right? Nothing happened to this woman that said, I'm now going, you know, she didn't lose a best friend and then decide to write letters. She just said, I'm going to, in the moment, show my love for these people. So it's going to help me grow, help them grow, and just learn lessons that you don't need to learn just from death. Yeah, there's, um, uh, Marion Williamson talks about the fact that so many of us learn through pain instead of joy, right? Mm -hmm. Sort of that idea of how do you learn through joy or grow through joy versus growing through that pain of something happened and right. how I'm going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really beautiful. How about uh, bring your whole self to work? Tell me about, you know, tell me about who needs to read this book. <laughs> that's a great question. So bring your whole self to work. For those of you who don't know, written by Mike Robbins, the, what you'll see on the cover of the book is how vulnerability unlocks creativity, connection, and performance. So it's interesting because both of these books, and I'm not too surprised I chose these and that they've resonated with me so deeply because I am very passionate about this type of work. But both of these books are around vulnerability, you know, and being your, your like, Looking within and doing some inner work, but also how it comes into the workplace, right? So vary the, the blend of that personal and professional. So bring your whole self to work. He has really five main aspects to it, and I'll just run through them very quickly so our listeners can hear. One is being authentic. So he talks all around authenticity. He talks about the power of appreciation, a little bit about gratitude and recognition as well. Focusing on emotional intelligence, growth mindset, and then creating a championship team. And in terms of to answer your question about who should read this book, it's not easy for everybody to be vulnerable in general, but in the workplace, you know, as a leader, especially, um, you have to lead with vulnerability if you want your team to be vulnerable. There's a very important thing that happens to a leader when they are vulnerable. It really helps elevate the level of psychological safety within a team. And we know that psychological safety is a number one aspect that separates a high performing team from a low performing team. And what we mean by that is that there's trust enough that's built within the team to help people feel like they can take risk, that they can speak up without being ridiculed, that they can be creative because they know that if they fail, they'll have someone right there to, to pick them up. And so for reading this book, I think it's really good for leaders who have trouble maybe opening up a little bit with their with their colleagues, with their teammate members, and who are really looking to better themselves, but also better their management style and create a team that's really going to work together and be that championship team that Mike talks about in the book. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Anything else you want to share on these books? I'm, I mean, I knew you went through these five pillars. Was there a pillar of the five that you feel like just really got you going or surprised you? I mean, I would really recommend this book for anyone who is looking for some quick tools or actions that they can take away in order to enhance their team. One thing that Mike talks about, and he actually just came out with a Harvard Business Review article very recently around the distinction between recognition and appreciation. So recognition is about what people do. So it's about their results. And appreciation is about who people are, their inherent value. And so he goes to this appreciation seat exercise where in a team, everyone has a chance for three minutes to be in the appreciation seat. And everyone around the team has three minutes to tell that person what they appreciate 
about them. And that person can only accept the compliment because we know so many times in life we don't accept the compliment. We actually not accept it and say, actually, no, that's not, you know, or or deflect it or give back a compliment to that person. So you just have to sit with it. So, you know, I think there are a lot of different things that he talks about. That was one that really rang true for me. But I, you know, definitely recommend it to to anyone in the workplace who's who's really focused on authenticity. I like the appreciation piece. That's um, a core pillar in coaching. Also, we call it acknowledgement. Mm. And so it's about telling someone, you know, you are incredible or courageous or whatever it is and letting that person sit with it. Oftentimes, I find it can be really hard to give other people acknowledgements or appreciation when you don't appreciate yourself. Oh, yeah. It right? starts with you, starts right? With you. Yeah. yeah. And so if you aren't able to do it, it's harder to get through it. But once you start doing it, it's a practice. And I actually led a workshop where I did something very similar. Yeah. And people were emotional because you don't get appreciated very often, even by the people that you love. It's yeah. Not, it's not for lack of love. It's for, you know lack of understanding of how important it is. Yeah. And and for th- for our listeners who may not be interested in reading the whole book or don't have the time, at the end of the book, he actually has a breakdown of some of these exercises and some of the biggest takeaways. So I highly recommend that. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we're changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. So come figure it out with me on the Hello Monday podcast. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or NYU professor Scott Galloway on choosing a career. I think the worst advice you can give a kid is follow your passion. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday with me, Jesse Hempel, on the LinkedIn Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. But I want to hear about your books, Leah. So why don't you share what books did you choose and why? Yeah, so similar to you, I think the books are just important as their timing. So I chose The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho and The Universe Has Your Back by Gabrielle Bernstein. And I love how our books are very different, but they have they have this kind of common thread around becoming your best self, around your impact, around the way that the, the world works. So I chose The Universe Has Your Back for a couple of reasons. One was that this book came to me at a hard time that I was having last year. And what it really did was help me connect back to myself, Mm -hmm. to my own spirituality, to my own belief in, you know, 
life having a path drawn out for me and and to be able to kind of reinstate my own uh, my own faith in that my own faith in the universe I love Gabrielle Bernstein's just style and and I actually I did this on audible I'm also an audible member so I listened to it and just listening to her voice and listening to her stories really helped me reconnect to to myself and then also to others so this was just a huge pillar of a book that then put me on a path where I started going deeper into my own spirituality and I hadn't expected to do that so it's a powerful book for for that reason the other is that Gabrielle Bernstein is one of the first people post Marianne Williamson who talks about uh, a book called A Course in Miracles. And it's it's not just a book. It is uh, a form of study. You could call it a spiritual path, whatever it is. But she really talks about it and brings it sort of into the into the millennial space. And so I, I love kind of hearing her stories and, again, hearing the way that she helps people who are, you know, a little bit you know younger and may not have heard of Marianne Williamson or her work actually get involved in this and realize that, you know, they're just as spiritual as, mm. as others are. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know... You know, spirituality is something, you know, we talk about a lot outside of this podcast. We've brought it into this podcast, but I'm curious, how has the work you've done since, you know, reading this book or how has this book impacted you in the workplace? How, how has, has anything changed for you in that way? So, yes, actually. So uh, after I start, after I read this book, right around the time I read this book, I actually ended up signing up for Kabbalah, which was something I was always curious about. I'm very interested in following my curiosities. So I decided to sign up for it. One of the most powerful things that's come to me through Kabbalah is one of their spiritual tools that's called Pause What a Pleasure. And I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast before, but the idea is that we react to a lot of things without actually thinking about how we want to respond. And so that pause that we allow ourselves instead of reacting to someone allows us to respond from our best version of ourselves. And so that was one big thing that's happened for me that's changed the way I am in the workplace or the way I practice being. And I'm not perfect. So it's it's definitely there. And then I think just about work in general, it's shifted. So not just the workplace, but the work I do, why I do it, mm. and the understanding that like the universe really does have my back. Mm-hmm. And there really are things that, you know, I don't believe there's anything, any such thing as a coincidence. Yeah. So, yeah. You mentioned the term, it happened for me. That's something that happened for me. And it's interesting because Mike Robbins uh, actually talks about that distinction, how, what's happening to me versus for me, yeah. um, and how the, the really the growth mindset is around for me. Is that something that you've learned either from this book or where did you learn that? Yeah, that's from Tony Robbins. So he, mm. um, I went to his, one of his weekends, Unleash the Power within and he that was just a moment where I was like oh my god like talk about a cognitive reframe happening to me versus for me is like whoa and it's sort of like what you talked about earlier on the silver lining and finding gratitude and being able to reframe and say where is the gift here even when it doesn't feel like a gift Mm -hmm. in the moment um, which is really beautiful and that's kind of what that book alludes to Uh, and then the other book I chose is The Alchemist which if you haven't heard of it by Paul Coelho he wrote this book in two weeks which is pretty insane there are over 35 million copies sold it is the most translated book in the world by a living author so if you haven't read it it's an incredible book I I relate to it on a couple for a couple reasons it's sentimental to me because my parents gave it to my older brother when we were really young so I read it at a really young age around like eight or nine and then I read it again starting in my 20s and kind of put it down but I read it again last summer and again it was one of those things where it came to me at a time where I could I was open to receiving it Mm, if that makes sense yeah it's a story of a young shepherd boy it's a fiction it's a it's a fiction book. So it's a story of a young shepherd boy who goes on this sort of pilgrimage 
to find a treasure. And throughout the book, you you see his journey. He you know has all these misfortunes befall him, but he continues to follow his heart. He continues to trust the universe. He continues to follow the signs, and eventually, you know. You, I'm not going to ruin the end, but, <laughs> but it's an incredible book with a lot of lessons that I honestly think are just so universal to being alive. What makes it so incredible? There's something that like thinking about the first time I read it, there's like something inside of me that lights up. Some of the quotes I think are, are what light me up, but it just feels true, if that makes sense. It, it feels like when you read it, you're going, oh my gosh, of course this is true. So one of my favorite quotes in the book is when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. And that's really is uh, the story of the boy. He's, he, he has a deep desire for multiple things and the universe conspires in helping him achieve it. He also goes through a lot of crap. So it's not like he's got this bright fairy tale story. He has pain and yet he comes out the other side and you see how everything all sort of makes sense. Mm. So yeah, I, I think just for me, it's, it's something just comes alive in me that makes me feel like like it's true, but also fiction is is a huge love of mine. I love getting lost in fiction books. And what's funny is the quote that you just pulled out from The Alchemist is, seems very similar to the universe has your back, right? Yeah. So there's definitely a theme there that, that speaks to you. Yeah, it's the, it's the universe. It's the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I really just think it's a beautiful story. Quick read. What's uh, your biggest takeaway from The Alchemist that you can share with our listeners? So I, it actually would be another quote that I pulled from the book. Can I share two takeaways? You can share oh, two boy. takeaways. Okay. Um, so it's... In the last year, I've struggled a lot with with fear and battling my own fears, and also knowing that you know I've always I've always kind of known when I was meant to do something, but my fear would keep me from doing that thing. And so the quote is, "Don't give in to your fears. If you do, you won't be able to talk to your heart." And it's one of my favorite. Wow, quotes. I love that. It's so beautiful, and it just. Yeah, it really speaks to me. One way that you can think about putting this into practice that I use now is called the five-second rule by Mel Robbins. can't remember if I've mentioned this before, but if I have, mention it again because it's that powerful. When there's something you want to do, you count down from five to one and tell yourself to go and you just do the thing. So there's so many times that we don't do it and then a year passes or two years pass and we go, oh my gosh, I still haven't done that thing. So that's one. And then the other quote that I loved uh, from the book that speaks to something I believe is intuition is really a sudden immersion of the soul into the universal current of life. To me, what this means in the way I talk about intuition is I feel like your intuition is really like the universe speaking to you. And it's not your loud head voice. It's like that gut when mm-hmm. you just know mm-hmm. or you have a hunch, whatever you want to call it. So those are two things that quotes and two learnings that I took away and went, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, those are beautiful. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. That's awesome. So those are my two books. Yeah. I feel like it's it was actually a perfect balance for between both of us. You know, your books being about resilience and being around being vulnerable and my kind of being a little bit more spiritual Mm -hmm. and and it's all sort of weaving together obviously you and I are both so passionate about all of these topics I I also it's interesting three out of four are nonfiction, right the alchemist is the only fictional one but you know there are some real life lessons in something obviously the alchemist but like in fictional books too it just so happened that we chose three out of four was it hard to choose these two books for you like uh, narrow it down to two I had another one chosen but but no I think it was it was yeah. I think it's similar to what you said earlier when 
when a book hits you at the right time, it mm-hmm. has a really special landing. Yeah. And you just don't forget. So it was easy to say, oh, yeah, of course, those two. How about yeah. you? Yeah. It was and it wasn't. You know, I, I what I loved about these two books was that they're very, you know, personal and work related. So I think it was, you know, for this podcast, for this discussion, I, I felt like I wanted to do something that's really helped drive me in the workplace and can drive our listeners. But I think that we can do this type of episode a hundred more times, right? And just continue to take books that we love, that we've learned from, that we've grown from, and share it with our our listeners. Totally. And what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? That is a great question. I haven't started it, but I just bought Shoe Dog. It's the Nike um, book. So I just downloaded that. That will be my next read. I just finished Bad Blood which um, was a great book as well. You're on like a whole, yeah. I love the nonfiction Non-fiction, route. Yeah, yeah, I really do. I just learned so much. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to squeeze in a fiction book. You know, vacations are, are good for that. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? I am reading Little Fires Everywhere, which is a nonfiction book. And then I'm also listening to Becoming Supernatural, which is by mm. a neuroscientist named Joe Dispenza. Really interesting blend between neuroscience and quantum physics and weird stuff. Yeah. I love that question. What are you reading now? You learned so much about someone. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's that. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. Hopefully we, A, gave you some great lessons to take away, but also B, you know, got you thinking about the books that you are reading or want to read and give yourself some space to reflect on them. Thanks, everyone. If you want to continue listening, you can find us on iTunes or Spotify by searching in the arena LinkedIn. Have a great day.